following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. On today's episode, Brian and I bring and discuss our top five most to lose and top five most to win list for the AFC in 2022. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Matt Johnson, and this is the Two Point Conversation. Good evening, Brian. Hello. Hello. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm all right. I don't know. I was just, I've been in a, a, I was in a funk today, this Monday. I just couldn't shake it. Just, I don't know. I wasn't, I was tired and I don't know. Yeah. Friday's, Friday's a big day for me and you. And I honestly, at some point during the day was like, screw you Monday for not being Friday. I know. For not being what should be a national holiday, which is anytime something Star Wars is released. Yeah, that's right. Big time nerds, man, and I. We are. I'm taking off Friday. I have a yard I know you sale. Are. The, I have a yard sale in the morning. So, but yeah, I am amped. I am ready. The new Obi Wan show drops. If, if yes. listeners, if you don't understand the words that are coming out of our mouth, it is the new <laughs> Obi Wan show, and we are excited. I've been watching stuff, like getting hyped up for it. Uh, it doesn't take much. I am. I am ready. I am ready. Give it. Give it to me. Basically. Yeah. Right. I wish we had more going on in football to help speed us through the week, but it's there's so nothing. Slow. There's it's nothing. So slow. Um, the, the biggest news thing right now, now is Kyler's not at minicamp, but everyone, everyone knew he wasn't going to be there. Right. Everybody knew that. It's optional. Baker's away. Um, Deshaun took the whole team, the whole offense, to like Hawaii or some exotic place, and Baker didn't go. Uh, the Colts signed Nick Foles, the Dolphins, I th- oh no, uh, Browns, the, the Melvin Ingram thing is, is that thing that's late. We're, I think we're late on that. That was like a couple weeks ago. Uh, Browns got Jadavian Clowney back on a one year, I think $11 million deal. Yeah. But it's, it's slow. It, it, there really isn't anything. I am struggling to make memes for the Facebook page. I just, I don't know what to do anymore. <sighs> it's the dead period. It is. It is. But thank God for Obi-Wan. Yes. Yeah, they carry us through. And the two-point conversation, because we will always find something to talk about. <laughs> we sure will. And we we did today. Um, me and Brian had two weeks to kill of show content. So we decided to, to kind of divvy up this, this theme that we're doing. Um, we wanted to really sit down and, and think and discuss where we think, uh, well, a multitude of things, but it's a top five only. So it's a combination of could be coaches players an entire team um who has the most to lose or the most to gain uh you know this upcoming year there's you know every year comes with stakes that you know some people i mean these are going to be talking points these are going to be talking points for the for the remainder of the year um if certain things don't click and obviously new talking points are going to come about but um you know the off season is it's a re it's a, it's a big reset and people are put on notice in, in a sense. So we wanted to kind of do this um, top five, most to lose top five, most to gain this week, just the AFC next week uh, for Memorial. Well, it'll be the day after Memorial day, but uh, it will be the NFC just to help spread out some content. And now we are in division preview mode. So yes, uh, Brian, what was the hardest oh. thing? <laughs> what was the hardest thing about about putting this list together about put all well, these two lists essentially it, hard to take as a person as a fan uh putting my bills where i did um it's kind of for a good thing and it's a good reason we'll get there but that was tough that was hard emotionally to think about um the other thing was 
not to be too nitpicky. Like I didn't want to keep like, I didn't, there's certain like names that get brought up where they've got an attitude and then because of their attitude or whatever, you know, they have this certain mantra associated with them. And I didn't want their negativity bleeding in too much. I didn't want to buy, I didn't want to buy into this national narrative of, of annoyance with somebody. And therefore let's, let's throw them on as a team or a player or whatever a coach that's you're overrated and you you deserve to lose. And you, you have more to lose than anyone because you know, of, of your name recognition, <coughs> McCarthy, uh, <laughs> who I actually, uh, cause we generated AFC and NFC while we were doing this just to stay, you know, in the right headspace, which was smart, I think on our part. Um, so next week, uh, don't be looking for McCarthy. I purposely left them off my top five That's good. because I, I feel like I lean into beating up on that guy a lot. It's easy to, I mean, yeah. it's Cowboys just are just a target. Yeah. You know, they're some of the loudest fans, the loudest, uh, franchise, loudest owner, uh, by a long shot. You know, so it's it's easy to. I, I yeah. certainly see that. I like McCarthy, um, but yeah, that's that's all stuff for next week. They got uh, that should be that should be interesting. Uh, I figured we start off with uh, with with most to lose first. I like going negative first. Okay, Perfect. you know me. I like being snarky first. So I was thinking we do five five four four three three. You know, and so on and so forth. I like so. it. Um, why don't you kick us off with your number five AFC person? I will say player or team uh, with the most to lose. The noun associated with the AFC that has the fifth most amount <laughs> to lose uh, is a person, okay. and it's Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, okay. Not big high. Um, there's very little, in my opinion, for Patrick Mahomes himself to gain out of this season. He plays well, throws crazy amount of yards again, 5,000 plus, probably right. Um, 30 plus touchdowns again, probably right. Um, high 60% completion percentage, great yards per attempt, all these things that come along with being Patrick Mahomes. None of that would be shocking. None of that would be a wow moment, but with Tyreek Hill being shipped off, I think in a way, and it's not, I'm not trying to overstate it, but I think they're kind of like putting a little pressure on Mahomes. Like, all right, my dude, Aaron Rodgers for years. Now he had Devontae Adams, but let's go back to the Jordy Nelson days. Jordy Nelson is not necessarily the most world beating wide receiver you could list, you know, during his time. Rodgers did it. For years, Brady did it. Peyton Manning did it. Well, he always had one, but still, like the, the next guys after, you know, they could shuffle him around pretty good, and Peyton would have make it would have made it work. I think that's where Mahomes is now. I think he's officially been kind of put on notice of we're gonna we're gonna have some costs coming our way. They're gonna be hard to take on for a bit. Part of it's you. Uh, so we're gonna you. yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have to find some bargains. We're gonna have to be a team more than players and Tyreek's a big player to leave. You know, that's what he brings to an offense is very unique, very special and very explosive. And they didn't, they didn't go out and just copy it necessarily, but they did get sky more and we'll see what that does. But I think Mahomes has a lot to lose. Yeah. Very little to gain. I didn't have him. And I think the way you brought that up is really good. Um, Honestly, it's the truth, right? He's been handed the world on a silver platter ever since he kind of came into the National Football League. He's had it all. He's never had to play with a depleted roster. Not saying that his roster is depleted, but he's had superstars the entire way. His four, five-year run that he's going on now, technically five years, I think, drafted in 17. Mm -hmm. But four years is an active starter, right? 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, four years is an active starter. He's had really great offensive pieces. The Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes connection is, you know, it's kind of go down as one of the best trios possibly of all time. Yep. Uh, 
but I think that's a great point that you brought up that the, there is a lot riding on Mahomes. You know, he's never really had to, I don't know if he's ever really had to elevate. You know what I mean? He's never had to br- elevate the talent around him. And, you know, some of the guys that they brought in are decent wide receivers, but yeah, I, time will tell. So great. Well, kind of in a way we will find out, right? Because it's not a perfect one-to-one, but if Tyreek Hill continues to have similar production with Miami, we know that, all right, Tyreek's legit and he's a stud and that's that. But that doesn't, that alone won't take away from anything that Mahomes is able to accomplish or not accomplish. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Very good. There's, there's a lot of big um, highlighted names on here that are like, yep, they're big. They're, they're under the microscope this year. <laughs> my next That's one's my sure. favorite. Yeah. I got some good ones. I got some good ones. Uh, let's see. My number five. I'm going to do it. I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't know if these are necessarily in the perfect order yeah. uh, per se, but I'm going to bring up the Denver Broncos here oh. as a most to lose team. All right. There's a lot going on with this. They gave up a lot, a big future um, for Russell Wilson. And you don't do that unless you really believe this is the team. This is a team that Russell Wilson can come in and compete and get you to a Super Bowl. Cause that's what it's all about. It's not about just winning the division. I know it's going to be important this year, but it's about making and winning a Super Bowl. That is what it is all about. So they went all in on Russell Wilson. They did. If for some reason this Russell Wilson experiment does not pan out, you're gonna you're in jeopardy for at least the next three, four years. Right. At least, I think. And um and it's you know, it's a scary thing. It's a desperate move. And unfortunately for the Broncos, it came at the worst possible time when, when it's like the battle of the five armies here from the Hobbit or everybody's well, technically four armies here for the AFC West, everybody's loading up and the Broncos have been long been a quarterback away. The system is improved, but um, they gave up a lot. They gave up a lot. Obviously drafts haven't been their best friend. So I can understand you know, if this does pan out, great, great. I completely understand it. Drafts have not been very kind to the Broncos in recent years. Maybe one decent piece a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, I put the yeah, I put the Broncos with the most to lose because their future is at risk right now in the most difficult year the AFC West has seen, and probably, oh God, maybe at least the last decade. Yeah, it's at least it's been a long time when all four teams were are there in that upper echelon um, of, of NFL teams. So Brock was at five for me. They also could be in the other category a little bit, a little bit, a little, a little bit. bit. I like that choice. Thank they're going to they're going to be our uh, whipping horse. Uh, pun intended for the season i'm sure <laughs> possibly <laughs> they've already been targeted quite a few times on our podcast yeah here's here's my funnest one my, my most favorite so other ones are they make sense or maybe it's me being a little too snarky or something like that but this one i think really makes sense brandon staley chargers head coach my man all afc west so far <laughs> my man my man my man yeah you have lost some games in some incredible ways you have found your way not in the playoffs even when it seemed like three weeks out was like one of the surest things ever like oh yeah they'll grab one of the last two spots no problem yeah so your gm and uh ownership team didn't do you any favors this year as far as handing you some excuses to hand out at the end of the season. You have no note cards to read from saying, uh, you know, this season, we just, just didn't have great pass rushers. Oh, got Khalil Mack. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we just, we just didn't have the right investment offensive line. No, no, no. You have that. <laughs> you have that. Um, they have everything they should need to improve and take the playoff race like all the way down the stretch. Like they should be in it. 
they should be the ones to like lose out and have to to miss. You know what I mean? They'd have to like really, really fall apart. Yeah. I'm not saying that like I'm guaranteeing that they're gonna win the division. Um, but they have every right to. And therefore, Brandon Staley has by any head coach, uh, especially in the AFC, he has the most to lose. Oh man, yeah. Because don't could, you think uh, he could be out? He could be it. That, that could be it. They could be like, all right, let's find someone else. Right. Yeah, that, I mean that's a good point. He came off really smart last year, very analytical and such. Um, so I think that's. I mean that's a great choice. I definitely considered Staley. Um, I gave him a break this this year because I mean going into his second season now he has his team. Uh, I feel like if was, this is his third year, I'd be all in on that. But I, I can I can I definitely agree where you're coming from with that because he did he had a really good roster last year, um, you know. But this year I mean it's it's superb and if you fail it, you're 100. Uh, there's a lot to lose here. If the Chargers don't make the postseason this year. Uh, it's, it's not a good reflection of that organization. Right. And, and uh, there's going to be a lot of finger pointing at Herbert, who I do not believe deserves any of it. So. Um, All I got for Staley. I don't want right. to beat up the guy too much. Because <laughs> he, he can be a good coach, like you said, like using analytics, making decisions based in, you know, those cold, hard facts worked at times sometimes it was like all right i i get it but at the same time it's like you're a little bit of a wig in the dog here you know what i mean you don't don't be that kid in the class that always raises his hand to answer every question you know what i mean don't be don't be that guy coaching on the sidelines is like i'm gonna go for it all the time <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna punt we're cutting our punter <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, that's an interesting one. I, I do hope the Chargers do some good. Um, so we shall see. All right. Uh, question number four, or Jesus, question number four. No, uh, number four on my list of most to lose. I'm in discussion topic mode already, apparently. Um, I have Ryan Tannehill with the most to lose. Um. Man has been, uh, you know, he's been under a lot of scrutiny lately. Uh, you know, the Malik Willis thing has been a uh, Malik Willis thing has been blown out of proportion. But, uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill's biggest stigma against him right now is that he can't do it unless Derrick Henry is there. Mm. All right. Derrick Henry was hurt last year. He, he along with that really good defense, uh, some other pieces who stepped up, um, you know, he had a lot to, he had a lot to battle with last year and you had an injured AJ Brown. You had an injured Julio Jones who traded and thought it was going to be, you know, a solid wide receiver too. Maybe he gets back to form. Derrick Henry was gone for more than half the season. Uh, and right now there's a stigma out there about Ryan Tannehill about that. You don't draft a quarterback. You know, I think what Malik went, went what round three or four, three, he went three, po- not positive amount of though. Uh, I want to, I do want to say three. I feel like he was under day two. I think the only one who got taken day three was uh, Howell. I think. I think you're correct. But uh you know, there's a lot of pressure on him right now to perform. And and listen, the, the, you lost AJ Brown. You got Traylon Burks right now. Your wide receiver room is not that great. Derrick Henry, you know, I, I still think he can be the best running back in the National Football League. But uh, we know that those injuries, they, t- they tend to creep up on people, especially one as severe as that one. He came back really early to be in the postseason with the Titans for that game. Uh, and didn't do, didn't fare very well. So Tannehill's got a lot of pressure on him. And it's obvious that the Titans are trying to put pressure on him to see him kind of rise up. He He's made the most of his second chance. I think, you know, I, I, I truly think that he has. Um, I'm a big Ryan Tannehill supporter. I always will be. And, but there's a lot of pressure on him right now. If he, if he, if this season blows up, 
Um, I don't necessarily put it all on him, but he's going to be the fall guy uh, by Titans fans, by NFL analysts left and right. And he might be, he might be finding himself on the trade block, um, you know, or, or something else. There, there's a lot to, there's a lot to lose here uh, for Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. I agree a hundred percent. I agree so much that uh, I hit him for my number three. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> I, but you, I'm, I'm uh, Andrew Lenz and myself are known as the uh, Tanny Heel haters here. Tanny haters. Tanny haters. Tanny haters. Tanny haters. You got to say it with a southern accent. Tanny haters. Um, I'm with you for everything you said. And I'll add in the caveat of he has now become the, the, the punching bag joke of he's all those below average quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls recently. Uh, Flacco falls. Um, I mean, you can keep going back, but like, you know, like yeah, Mark, I know what you're saying. Like Mark Bulger was a winner back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> was he? A winner. He didn't win a Super Bowl. Oh, he, I, got but, you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Tannehill kind of is that guy right now. Where it's like, yeah, he gets to the playoffs and he he's there with the team, but is he the reason that no, he's never the reason they're there. A lot of times he's the reason that they can't go any further. Right. If you take Tannehill off of the Titans and start placing him around the league, say, All right, uh Ryan Tannehill used to be a Miami Dolphin, but let's say he goes back to this Miami Dolphins. Does he do more or less than Tua? In this case, I think they probably do about the same. All right, now take Tannehill, put him on the Rams. All right, are the Rams uh, still the same team? No, no, (laughs) not even close uh, because of the arm talent and and the way that you have to be able to push the ball. And Tannehill just struggles with it mentally uh, and physically all alternating at the same time. So Tannehill's three for me. Sorry, I wasn't more creative. No, it's fine. I mean, I, I, I don't mind agreeing. We, we've had two two disagreements so far, so I'm fine with it. not disagreements, but different perspectives. Yeah, so I like it. Uh, well, I'll try and think of another one before we move on to the uh, the gains. Okay, all right. My number three is Tua Tungo by Ola. He is my number three uh, with the most to lose. All right, they gave it to him. They gave him. Uh, now he's got he has Jalen Waddle. All right, Jalen Waddle, and now he's got Tyree Kill. Miami invested a lot in Tyree Kill. They sent a bunch of draft picks over. I think two years worth of draft picks, not obviously completely two drafts worth of draft picks, but um, some high stakes, and they paid him a considerable amount of money. All right, Tua is, I'm not going to say he's the most, because I, I, I think it's, uh, um, depending on the day of the week, you ask me, it could either be him, it could be, Dak Prescott, it could be Carson Wentz, but he is one of the most heavily scrutinized uh, players in the National Football League right now. I I had to mute people because I'm tired of like just seeing just Tua slander for like no reason, and uh, not necessarily no reason, uh, but he has to play better. All right, uh, last year stunk again, and his play got his head coach fired. All right, it was part of it. There were some injuries along the way. Um, there's a lot of other, you know, different things that, that occur that didn't really do, um, you know, Brian Flores, many favors, but, uh, Tua has to play this year. It is year three. You are the guy. All right. Mike McDaniel, he believes in you. He went to yeah. some luau thing. All right. He believes in you. He's your new head coach. And if he, if anybody is going to get the most out of you Tua, it is going to be Mike McDaniel because he's, yep. he's got that fun new energy that's coming with coaches where they, they actually, creative um, and they're going to find new and improved ways. They spent money this off season, getting pieces around him, getting, uh, you know, different running backs. I think Chase Edmonds was, was one of them who could not, they, they, right. They couldn't find anything to do with him in Arizona. They didn't no. know how to use him there. If somebody's going to find out how to use him, it's going to be Mike McDaniel. And you know, again, the Tyree kill thing, uh, Miami has to make a playoff push this year. It has to be a playoff appearance or Tua is Tua is going to be, if Tua doesn't pan out this year, he's going to be labeled a bust. I, I truly yeah, feel he, well, he is done. 
it, you know, right? He, if this he, year fails, he's a bust. He is. He is. Um, Sucks. Because <laughs> I think he got dealt a, a crappy hand to enter the league in. But, for sure. But For sure. But, yeah, if this year fails, Tua is officially a bust. I mean, he could yeah. maybe find a way to back up. You, you show up what, for some other team down the line, possibly. But people aren't going to be signing you to starter money for a long time unless that opportunity becomes available. He's the new Teddy Bridgewater. Ironically enough, who is his backup quarterback? Right. So no, that's um, honestly where the career trajectory he could end up having. It certainly could. So it's it's playoffs or bust, literally, literally, for Tua Tungo Viola in 2022. In my personal opinion, he's got the weapons. He's got the offensive line. They have one of the best offensive lines. We're gonna talk. I think they have the best offensive line in the AFC East, personally, with how much they've invested, some of the stars that they brought in. I think it, I think there's an argument there for that. Yeah. Um, and you have a defense. All right. No more excuses for Tua. Nope. I, I can't defend. I can't defend him after this year if he doesn't pan out. So in, in the weighted scale, that is how you build an offense. 60% of that offense is your quarterback. The other 40% is everybody else. Yep. Those other 10 guys all only add up to at most, in my opinion, the importance of 40%, which is the bare minimum of doing what you're supposed to do, running the right route to the right distance, reading the coverage correctly, all those things, picking up your pass block or your pass rusher, you know, all those things, bare minimum, you do your job and your quarterback, all right, seizes the moment, can make something dynamic happen. Patrick Mahomes goes crazy, uh, makes crazy plays. If Tua starts doing that, hey, hey, we got something here. If he doesn't, then, in my opinion, yeah, bust. Yeah, if you're the Dolphin, you got to move on. You can't sit and wait. Yep. Uh, the National Football League is very impatient uh, right now. I mean, it's it's NBA levels of t- player turnover, free agency signings. They will get somebody. With that roster, it will not mm-hmm. be in the location, being in Miami. Right. It will not be hard to find a trade partner or a uh, – or a free agent, a big name free agent that wants to come down there and, and replace to us somehow. So, right. Uh, I did think of, of an, another number three. Um, we won't talk about him much, but just Mitch, Mitch Trubisky, you know, you kind of, they kind of brought you in to be the guy. Sure. They took Kenny Pickett. They were only a team to take a quarterback in the first round, but you know, he shouldn't beat you out. You right. shouldn't. You are a uh, fifth year vet now. Yeah, answering his uh, fifth year. Yeah, technically. He's yeah, one year years in Chicago, a... one year Buffalo, and now one with Pittsburgh. Yeah. So I I, I was thinking about him and uh, like man, he's in a decent situation, but you just got to beat up that rookie. Let's see if you can do it. <laughs> uh, let's stay in that division for my number two. Um. The Browns. Oh, serious? Browns. I have met two as well. Just so you know. So you, you, you do what you got to do. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, that was half cough, half laugh at the same time. I don't know what you call that. A calf? I had a calf. <laughs> I had a loft. Um, loft, loft, loft. The Browns went all in on a tire fire of a PR mess, which is. Uh, as you would say, a bold strategy kind. Let's see how it pans out. They, I don't know why they they felt so compelled to handle it all this way. Um, I don't think there was a big, big rush, maybe. Maybe there was. Maybe the Dolphins were serious, and they were going to try and get him too. But you're all in. You, you got some really good play. You traded. You know, you, you got Cooper. You acquired Cooper. Uh, then you acquired Watson, you know. All, you missed the playoffs last year, so it's only you, you, your trajectory can only be up. You know you weren't the good last year, um, but now it's now it's time to prove it. It's time to show that yeah, with with Watson, see Baker stunk. That was a problem, guys. Baker is terrible. So if we have Watson playing, then we'll obviously be better, which probably is the case, but. Is it is it going to be worth the gamble? Is it because Deshaun Watson had a you know career year where he led the league in passing yards and they didn't make the playoffs? 
right? I think they were four and twelve or five and eleven that year or something. So Browns are definitely under the microscope, uh, and they did it to themselves. Yes, this. I mean, a lot could be said about some of their other previous regimes. Their, um, there are many years with uh, with no playoff appearances, the zero and sixteen season, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, this is self-imposed self-destruction. It, it, it really is. Uh, I agree with every single bit of this that you said. Not only has it been a, uh, a team nightmare, it's been a PR nightmare. And we're going to find out, I think, as soon as this week, maybe next week at the very latest, what Deshaun Watson's fate is. What's going to be the suspension handed down by the commissioner? All right. Baker, in a lot of it's easy to forget about this. I get it. Baker um, did not have a good year last year. He played through injuries. He wanted to play. He wanted to, he wanted to, to be out there and show that he had heart and spunk and it ended up just getting Cleveland fans turning against him after giving them a deep playoff push last, you know, the previous season, almost beating Kansas city in Kansas city. Um, you know, that was a good Brown squad, but um, it, it's, you know, it, it hasn't been a good look. And Cleveland alienated, right? Their first round draft pick, the guy that they've been, you know, trying to help out um, as best as they can. And Baker has just been, I don't want to say that they haven't done him any favorites. They've tried to put a team around him. Just people don't work out in certain systems. I, 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 I think, I, I don't know, you know, it, I don't, I don't hear Jarvis in, in for the longest time, Odell Beckham jr. Who finally like hit his stride with the Rams, but you know, we were kind of in that, that Jarvis, you know, is Jarvis really Landry really it, or is OBJ really it? And for the longest time, there was stats supporting that Baker played better without OBJ. Um, obviously those have been kind of destroyed now that, that OBJ went and balled out, but, um, but it's, it's tough. They alienated Baker and they might have to call on Baker to be their quarterback yeah. come September. Yeah. Like, are you serious right now? Like it's, it's not, it's not good. I th- I think it's funny. I, I tried to defend Cleveland for the longest time. Um, I wanted to see them do good things, but this has been one of the biggest botches of uh, roster management I have ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so bad, so bad. Imagine if they had taken Josh Allen. What if? I dare you and Andrew to do that episode. <laughs> there was there was no way in hell he was a number one. I think on anybody's radar. I mean, maybe in some instances, but I think just Baker coming off that hot year. I don't think I, it's hard for me to picture any of those other guys kind of being a number one. Right. Maybe Rosen, which is weird to say now. Well, there was a pe- lot of there was a lot of hype behind Rosen that season. I I heard from the moment the college football season ended that Sam Darnold was a locked in top five pick. Yes, that is true too. And maybe he did go three, so he was a top five. But we clearly know that uh, he has a problem with ghosts. <laughs> he hasn't been the same since. Not All that right. he was ever good before, but. Uh, <laughs> So that was number two, right? Yep. Yeah. And our number one. Number one. No. I thought about putting them on there, but I didn't want you to judge me. My Bills have the most to lose out of any team, including the uh, eventual list of NSE teams. We've been the talk since that overtime game with Kansas City. Yeah. In a way, that overshadowed what was, you know, pretty good entertaining AFC Championship game and NFC Championship game and all the other games ever played. There was this cloud of just, oh, Josh Allen, which obviously, thank God, that was amazing. Uh, He is. Uh, But you haven't done anything yet you took a step back you know what i mean you lost a round earlier right you know what i mean you 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 added to the offseason a lot of talent people give them positive grades as far as offseason moves as i would as well josh allen just seems to get better every year he checks out literally he checks off something every year this year he's working on 
uh, yak. He's working on getting the ball in the guy's hands quicker so they can get yards, get more yards, which is like, oh man, if we could do that, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, so yeah, my bill, my bills are uh, numero uno with radar with target on their back. Everyone will circle the bills and if they win too like you know what i mean imagine if they do start off hot and then you get to week five and that opponent's like oh it's the bills <sighs> oh but we snuck by that team but <laughs> then the next team's coming and the next team's coming and that's what it's going to be for me and the bills through the rest of this year which is weird to me because it's never been like that right ever in my i don't remember the 90s <laughs> you know what i mean i was six years old <laughs> so yeah, I was going to put them on mine, but I didn't want to come off too nitpicky based on my history with, with talking about the Bills on this show. Um, I thought about, I, I, I contemplated between them and the Broncos. Your, your honest there's... Bills fan is here to help you out, my friend. Yeah, I, I thought about it. But um, but I'm gonna for my number one, I'm going to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, right, go with the Bengals here. Uh, a lot of people. A lot of people went from like, wow, look at how great. The-. It's so funny how quick they, they turn on people <laughs> and like how fun it was to watch the Cincinnati Bengals go out there and Joe Burrow get murdered nine times and still like put up like 400 yards, like nothing. It was fun. I would, you know, I'm rooting for that. I'm excited for them. And we're going to talk in a couple of weeks about the, the, well, actually it'll be probably more towards middle of August, end of August, by the time we hit the uh, Bengals for their division preview. But um They've done a good job, but everybody's going to call it a fluke season. If, you know, they go out there and they just shit the bed. If they, if they don't go back to the playoffs, if they, um, and this is going to be a difficult year to do it. We see those Super Bowl runner up hangovers all the time. We talk about it often, but uh, it's, it's certainly a lot of very feasible this year. Their division's not a walk in the park either. Um but the Bengals, I think, have a lot of pressure on them to get back. I don't even care. I don't even care if it's back to the AFC Championship or back to the Super Bowl. Just get back to the playoffs um, and maybe win a game. You know what I mean? Just just get back to that point. Uh, get better. Your roster got better. You spent some money this offseason. Um, and if they lose, it's going to be Joe Cool. Our new version of Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, is going to be memed to shit. Uh, there's going to be they're going to be roasting them. I mean, it is what it is. It's the internet, but, uh, but there's a lot of pressure on the Bengals right now. I personally think them. And like I said, I didn't want to come off as too harsh for the bills considering what I've, you know, my feelings on everything, but those two teams have a lot of pressure on them um, as well. But I think the Bengals more so because they went last year, um, you know, riding a, a, Oh God, it was a last play. It was a fourth place team schedule. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they still beat some great teams along the way, but, um, you know, now the pressure's on, now you're facing all the division winners, uh, you know, all the division winners and it's, yeah, it's stressful. It's so lucky. (laughs) They're so lucky. The bills game is on the road or we're on the road for the bills. It's a home game for the Bengals. Oh, it's not that bad of a drive. Only like seven hours. I know, but like Joe Burrow, I don't know if you're ready for, uh, Orchard Park, man. <laughs> so it's going to remind you of like playing in Alabama. It would Although be he did, he did well back then. It would be interesting. But all right. So that's our top five most to lose for the AFC. Let's head on over to the most to gain. Um, I'll kick this one off if you're all right with that. I love it. All right. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Mitch Trubisky. Yay. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to put Mitch Trubisky in the most to gain. I don't, think he can, I, I don't think he can lose much more at this point. Mm. Um, that's <laughs> don't do that to me. Uh, no, I, so- I don't mean it at the, like that, but like he's been granted, like his tenure in Chicago ended not good. Right. We, we, we know how bad it ended. Terrible coach. Um, just a terrible system around him. Chicago is bad. And they're about to screw up Justin Fields possibly too. He spent a year behind Josh Allen with the bills um, you know, and then you did, you were on that great team and you earned an opportunity to be QB one for the Pittsburgh Steelers. One of the greatest franchises in NFL, the greatest possibly franchise in NFL history, a, 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 a team, a, a franchise that has been so consistent since the 1960s, seventies onwards, 
Mitch Trubisky is their, you know, has the best shot to be their QB one. They drafted uh, Kenny Pickett. I get it. It's challenging, but Mitch has to prove, you know, here that, you know, this, this would add to, to Matt Nagy's legacy, so to speak, if you can call it that in Chicago, if he goes out there and performs oh my God. with the talent around him, it, it's, it's it, so true. It, it's like, that's the thing that, that is the thing uh-huh. that this is all adding to it. And Trubisky, you know, he has the, he has the most to gain. Seriously. Right. If, he, if he flames out in Pittsburgh, so what? Oh, well, right. you know, it, it, it's kind of been the story of his career, but if man, he, if he has so much to gain, if he becomes the, the QB one of that historic franchise, can survive and can keep Mike Tomlin's eight, you know, above 500 record, you know, streak going. Uh, there's a lot of promise there for Mitch Trubisky. Um, so yeah. So Trubisky number five for me. Well, he wasn't officially on my list, right? <clears throat> he was the name that I brought up. Like, oh, that's right. I, my fault. If, you are right. No, now. you're good. No, uh, I was just saying that if I were to have substituted, if I would have put him in instead of Tannehill, um, it's interesting that he has so much to lose and so much to gain all at the same time. It's all right there. <clears throat> Win the job. Yeah. Play well. Get an extension. Lose. Play poorly. And you were never sniffing a starting job ever again. 100% correct. And so, I, hope, I hope Pittsburgh ends up being the spot that, you know, that can, he can really sink, this, sink his teeth into. So, Yeah. Well, they play 500 football. They may, they may keep them around. Yeah. I had Baker at five. Ooh. Here's, here's, here's the, where I would, if I was a friend of Baker, this is what I would be telling him. You can only control what you can control. Show up as if you're the starter every day. Outwork in your opinion, Nick, as best as you can, Deshaun and whoever else, and just wait. Because you will get another opportunity. Mitch Trubisky just got another opportunity. By all accounts, Mitch Trubisky, an okay quarterback. I, I, I don't want to cut off your point, but I think it's the personality. I think that's the difference between those two. I think we're going towards a more calm, like a better, like a culture centric national football league. Yeah. I think that's what's hindering because teams don't seem to want to bite on the price tag. You know what I mean? Well, no, he, well, then everything's weighted. So when you're this amount good, right. And I'm, I'm signaling to Matt that it's a lot. Tom Brady, you know, he has the most Aaron Rodgers, maybe second most Mahomes third, blah, blah, blah. When you have a good amount of talent, you can get away with crap that other people cannot. And that goes to quarterbacks, and it may even go double for quarterbacks. Right. So, so if he is having a what's being deemed as a bad attitude, or I don't know the way he's reacted to the challenges that he's been handed, uh, he d- hasn't shown enough in the league for someone to s- slam the table and go, no, no, no. Kid's a winner. Bring him in. He's going to help us win. Right. You know, I mean, he hasn't earned that yet. So it makes sense that no one's gone ahead and done it. But Deshaun Watson may not play. He'll get the starting job probably. And then it's it's for him to lose, man. Like, like or him, I guess I'm supposed to sell it as gain. <laughs> it's, I just see it as a way of like, you can get yourself to a new um, location, a new team, new situation. You can earn new money. You can earn new heights of a career accomplishments. Like get out of get out of Cleveland and go somewhere else, and it's better. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that take uh, a lot. That's actually I like the way you worded it. And yeah, I mean, right. His big thing has been the maturity thing. If Cleveland calls on him, which sucks for me. Because oh, it's a terrible position for a personal, but this is, I mean, it's like, gonna have you, it's a business decision at this point. Oh, yeah, for sure. But you know, like Baker's my like that was my dude in the draft. Yeah, he was he was the first quarterback that when I was looking at like the Bills need a new quarterback, who the hell are they gonna draft? I said, I love 
Baker's attitude. I was one of the few people I was going against, you know, Colin Cowherd and those people that give him a hard time, which is fine. It's makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but I was on the other side saying like, no, man, if you don't shake my hand, I do want to say screw you. And I'm going to put, I'm going to score as many points as I can against you and grab my crotch. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, I like the idea that he slammed a flag in the middle of the field. Like it's cool to have the bad guy quarterback too. You know what I mean? A little spark, a little fire. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's was more immaturity than it was like wanting to have an edge. Right. No, I, I 100% get that. So I love that choice at number four. He makes great commercials. Or that was your five. I'm sorry. Yes, he if does. He, make if he plays well and, and you know, he, that means he gets to make more commercials and we all win. That's true. That <laughs> is true. I, I got. I need to see more book club stuff. <laughs> um, number four for me, I'm going to be a homer here. Yeah, I'm going to put uh, Matt Ryan at number four. Sure. All right. I'm going to put him at number four. Again, if this experiment with the Colts doesn't pan out, Frank Reich's probably get might get fired. Um, it, you know, there's that. But the Colts didn't give up a whole lot to get him. All right, his career is pretty much set and relatively set in stone. This this Colts team that he's playing with is a chance to change his narrative for the longest time and for it maybe forever. But twenty eight to three is always going to be a stigma that follows Matt Ryan whether you know you believe it's his fault or not which i don't believe i don't put that solely on him i believe that on play i i, I put it on on play calling i play i believe i blame that on defense head coach it all goes up there it's not squarely on matt ryan he gave him he put 28 points on the board um and so on and so forth in that super bowl this is this roster on paper built up better than that atlanta falcon super super bowl team Aside from wide receiver, aside from wide receiver, we all know Julio and, and, and all those guys were awesome. Defensively, defense is better on paper. Offensive line, better than that offense. Uh, running back, it's superior in that, in that aspect. Um, he's got a tall, you know, he's got a tall task at hand. Again, he's going to the AFC in a year. It just much like we talked about with some of these other, um, you know, pieces that are very, it's, it's going to be difficult to compete with. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fresh start. It's a fresh chance for him. Uh, I believe he can be great. A lot of people who I feel like truly understand football believe he can be great. And he can show how great he truly is, how masterful he is. You know, Reggie Wayne just compared him to Peyton Manning uh, about a month ago as far as his knowledge of the game and such. So I feel like he's a lot to gain. If he, if, if, if he flames out in, in, in Indy, then so be it. You've been to a Super Bowl. You're a league MVP. Is what it is, but man, right. as far as a lot of this other these other factors, the way people view him, he has a chance to change his narrative. So number four, I'm going to put Matty Ice. I thought you were saying that Reggie Wayne was com- saying that their foreheads are like both really large. They actually do have very large foreheads. <laughs> four a four. bingo. Uh, <laughs> Zach Taylor. This this is where uh, okay, so we were thinking going into last year, I, I maybe you weren't. I remember saying that when we were doing our divisional breakdown, like maybe Zach Taylor's on the hot seat. You know? No, we did. We both did. Yeah? We both okay. did. Uh, well, his team just went to the Super Bowl, so obviously you don't get fired after doing that. But um, similar to what we discussed with Brandon Staley. Uh, I find Zach Taylor in a similar boat. You improved the offensive line. You improved the um, skill set playmakers around him a little bit. You know, they, they did a good job of adding in players to hopefully take them to the next step, like the next level action, win the championship, win the division, you know, return to the championship, Super Bowl, all that good stuff. Why why I picked him to be the one that gains and Staley to lose is because it's uh Taylor wasn't supposed to be there. It didn't make sense. Staley was supposed to be where Zach Taylor was. Right. right. So uh that's that's where these two head coaches are right now. They're both younger coaches. Um, you know, they've they've done a good job, you know, throughout the uh their careers of I think they've done a good job of cultivating a good culture. 
I've always believed that Zach Taylor had, you know, this seemed like a guy that had a pretty good culture teams that guys wanted to play for him, but I don't know as far as um, taking him to a championship level. We'll find out this year. Right. Yeah. That's a, uh, I mean, that that's, that's a, that's a great point. You know, like what's he going to do? This is his first time this past year with a team that he had, he wanted, he built that was healthy. You know what I mean? Three years, he had a lot of turning over to do, a lot of roster turnover to do from the Marvin Lewis era. And we've seen what happened when his quarterback was healthy, when his wide receivers were who he wanted. Um, his defense was there. You know, his offensive line, I'm sure, left a lot to be desired, but they addressed it this year. So I I, I agree. I, I certainly agree with that, that Zach Taylor is somebody who has a lot to gain by this season. All right, number three. I'm going to go, um, I don't know if this is a little outside the box. All right, hear me out. Doug Peterson. Oh, yeah. Not a lot to lose. All right, he's a Super Bowl winning head coach. Literally nothing to lose. Hired, he gets a crack at the 2021 first overall draft pick quarterback and, you know, uh, the best prospect since, um, since Andrew Luck and Trevor Lawrence, all right? They spend a lot of money in free agency. They're getting pieces back. He's cleaning up the Urban Meyer era uh, season. But he, he gets to clean it up. He gets – Doug Peterson's a smart head coach. I've always admired him. Um, I always loved the way he built his team, the way he coached. He um, – I thought he he – you know, he's the most, he's probably the most integral part, him, uh, of that 2017 Eagles team winning the Super Bowl, though his coaching style, what he's been able to do a lot with a little, um, he could talk guys up. I know that 2019 wasn't good there. 20, no, 2020, right? Yeah. 2020 did not, did not end well for him. So, say, no one's 2020 was good, man. No, it's true. But then, uh, <laughs> But this is his chance at a fresh start in a division that is ripe for the picking. Yeah. All right. Sorry. AFC South is wide open. It's relatively open. If he can get this Jaguars team on track the, the way that they are built or they could be on paper, oh, my God, this Jags team could be scary for years to come. They have the right guy at the helm for it. So Doug Peterson has a lot to gain, nothing to lose. Uh, Jags could be back on track. But, again, it is the Jags. So that's – uh <laughs> that that's what everybody goes to when it comes to analyzing what the Jaguars are as if they're just the Jags, but yeah, eventually got a great you have to acknowledge it <laughs> eventually, but <laughs> eventually I don't like, I don't care for their GM. I don't think he's done the many travers that bulk or whatever it is. It? Bulk back. Trent, Trent bulky. Yeah. Is that his name? I think, I think so. I think you're right. Travis or Trent bulky. Um, but yeah, so Doug Peterson's my number three. I like that pick. I wish I would have thought of that. It's going to be confusing seeing him in Jaguars colors because it's kind of the eagle-y you know, colors. It is a little bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, number three is where I have Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has a lot to gain this year in the fact that I think he stands and uh, he has an opportunity. He stands to elevate. I, I think there's another level to Joe Burrow's game. His pocket presence and his ability to make plays on the run is fantastic. If he can start showing the same things like I'm looking for Josh Allen to do and, you know, something that Patrick Mahomes did like immediately, which is take advantage of the search stuff. Let's, let's watch. He was doing it well with mixing with the screens, but I'm interested to see if he can start taking, um, because the idea being that he's protected more. So therefore he's going to have more opportunities to actually make a play in, in structure. You know what I mean? No, he's not going to have to scramble as much. So he's going to be looking at his second reads, his third reads, which means hitting the guy on the crosser underneath or things like that. And that's the metric for being a great quarterback in the NFL. So, yeah, you know, he's going to, he's going to have time. So I, that's a great choice. Great choice for number three. Love Joe Burrow. I really do. I need to get me a Jersey of his. So, Oh no. Oh no, oh, no, wait, no. Maybe a real one. Maybe not a China one. I mean, I never do that. Tried, have you ever tried getting a uh, a college one and seeing what happens? 
I know we have a Roethlisberger one, but he's That's retired. my first college one. I yeah, don't know. We, we got to try. I'll, I'll get you one. I used to have a Brady Michigan one, but didn't say his name on the back, but we all see how that turned out. So maybe, maybe Joe Burrow needs it. Oh, maybe. actually, no, as a Bills fan. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, numero dos for you, sir. Numero dos. Uh, another head coach. Raiders head coach, Josh McDaniels. If he flames out, oh, well, another Belichick disciple who can't handle it. Very true. All right. If he does really good, he's got a great Raiders roster at his hands. It's his second chance. All right. You know, there's – if he flames I mean, he'll probably never get a head coaching job again. But it's his second chance. He sees how, it, you know, the other side now, he maybe – I would hope that he's learned from his mistakes – and he's this is the best Raiders roster in a long time. All right, Devontae Adams did so much. The the way the defense was built up did so much. I think Josh McDaniels is a is you know he's got his he's got quite the task ahead of him. Uh, he is one of two two new head coaches in the AFC West. He was part of a you know obviously last year's mix of of people and they're very excited for, for McDaniels there. Um, you know, you gotta, I think the world of Derek Carr, Derek Carr was phenomenal last year, yeah. played really, really well. He led the team. Um, I just hope for the Raiders sake that Josh McDaniels doesn't continue the problems that they've had um, over the last several years with personnel coaches, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But um, he's got a team that had no business making the playoffs last year. It was uh, they made it based with character, hard work, very reminiscent of that 2017 Eagles team. I, I thought um, if the Raiders made a run, I'd probably compare them to that in a lot of ways, just because nobody really believed in them. And they, they you know, that they, they, they played like a team. Yep. So I'm going to put Josh McDaniels <clears throat> in, in this one here too. I, I think it's, uh, you know, if you go out there, you could survive the AFC West, find a playoff spot and make amongst this very tough and deep AFC. That's that's a that's a feather in the cap for Josh McDaniels. I totally forgot about him. Yeah, he's <laughs> easily forgettable right now. That's good for him because last time he came in all sorts of hot and uh, saw we how just, that worked out. We just out talked about this uh, in yesterday's episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I won't I won't bang on him anymore. I've I've done in the past. I've I have strong opinions about that man and his character and how he's not a real football coach. He may know X's and O's, but he's not a real football coach. You gotta have heart, you gotta have character, you gotta walk the walk. So yeah. He's a poo-poo head, in my opinion. Number two plays for a team that uh I I feel quite fondly for this year. Not as far as affection goes, but as far as like I'm going to bank on them to get a whole lot of wins and give me a lot of new gray hairs. It's a uh, Tua Tonga Valola. Oh, okay. Valola. Uh, Tua is a all in guy. Now this, this is what it is. You, you have elite wide receivers. Uh, you have any, hopefully being elite offensive mind is your new head coach. You have additions to your offensive line. I don't really know what else you need. It's all out there in front of you. You he could gain so much. They go deep into the playoffs, <clears throat> like a championship exit. That dude is looked at much differently. Yeah, and like not just improving wins, improving stats, improving metrics, things, things that show that even though you'll never be that guy that can chuck the ball across his body, you know, sixty yards down the field to the opposite hash. Most guys can't and shouldn't. It's freakish. Um, he can be efficient in this league, though. He the, He's no different than so many other quarterbacks that have stuck around for years. His backup, in a lot of ways, he can play, in my opinion, he has as much, if not a little more talent that Teddy did coming in, like the hype and everything, like potential. So, in my opinion, Tua's got, out of all the quarterbacks, in the AFC, he's got the most of the game. Okay. I like that but maybe, a lot. But maybe I'm looking at it wrong, too. Like, he's also getting a lot of heat, so. Yeah. Hey, there's a lot of, you know, that's why we do this thing. It's all perspective. So, um, 
Very good. All right. I think it is time for our number ones, the last parts for these episodes. I'm going to say Russell Wilson is my number one with the most to gain. Okay. I'm going to say Russell Wilson. He has a, a good team around him. I don't know if it's great. He was brought in. It's a, again, it's a change of scenery. We knew that the Seattle thing wasn't working out. Um, he's, there's not like a narrative out there about Russell Wilson, but I think there kind of should be because he hasn't done shit since his Super Bowl is like last Super Bowl appearance. Right. They haven't really won the NFC West all that much. Uh, maybe once since then, maybe once. Uh, I think in a lot of us, Russell Wilson's just a big name dude who just takes a lot of money. I think it's a great quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but um, it, I, I think there's a lot. There's some pre, there's some pressure, and maybe there's some, you know, good things to gain. Remember, he's never had an MVP vote, uh, stuff like that. If you if you again, if you could sift through this AFC West, if you could take that leap for the for them, you know, you're getting paid no matter what. The Broncos take all the risk. Russell Wilson gets a chance to play. Yes, um, you know that's that's the biggest thing. Seattle didn't get rid of Russ because they wanted to. Uh, financially, they just had to. And Russell Wilson might have found his forever home for the for the remaining years of his contract. Uh, but he has a lot to gain here. There's a, there's a lot of opportunities. Again, his offensive line is there. Everything that he's complained about with Seattle, at least has been rumored to complain about with Seattle, he has in Denver, a running game, an offensive line, a defense. All right. A lot to gain here for Russell yeah. Wilson. He's kind of flying under the, like under the radar as far as like guys that like, do we, do we, oh, maybe we do. I'm just trying to get back to liking Russell Wilson doing stuff that's different because now so many other quarterbacks do what Russell does or has done. And I, I want him to take some of that back. Like, no, man, I was the dude that was scrambling like Fran Tarkenton out there making yeah. plays downfield. So I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, but not too much. The Dolphins are, oh, I'm sorry. Where are we? Are you in? Did, was that number one for you? This is number one. Yep. The Dolphins. You're going the Dolphins. The Dolphins have so much to gain. Listen, it, they can become, if it all works out, they can become a perennial playoff team. They can become the next Chiefs. You know, the Andy Reid offensive mind, making the most out of all the players around him, getting great athletes at skill positions, getting the most out of them. You know, that that's the same trajectory that they could have done in Miami. They also, this is one of those things, though, they also have a lot to lose <laughs> because they're coming in with a lot of hype. They are. And if you miss out or you, you flame out early in the playoffs, even with getting in, like, I don't know if I would love, I should probably just reach out to Andrew, but, um, like, well, how would that feel to them? If they don't win the division, but they make the playoffs and then they lose in the, in the wild card. Like, is that good? It's better than it was, but is that, I don't, I think that's like a loss for them. That's like, oh, bummer. You know, I the, think it's so weird how people hold, like hold that thing. I, I think just qualifying for playoffs is like a metric for some people. And, you know, there was a point in time, I guess when your franchise is desperate and I'm not like using it as an insult, but Christ, I just want, you know, a couple of years ago, I just wanted the Colts to make the playoffs, uh, just get there. So there's a chance. And I think there is a special, you know, there's a special feeling just to get in there and qualify, uh, you know, for the postseason. And that's where Miami's at right now. They haven't been in since 2016 when Matt Moore led the Dolphins. Tannehill was hurt. I think it was 26, 2016, 17 playoffs. Uh, Matt Moore was hurt. Yeah, because 17, they had Cutler, and they missed. Matt, Matt Moore came in. He, that's when he got leveled by the dude from Pittsburgh um, in that game. But that, it's been that long. That's a, a playoff appearance right now is a step in the right direction okay. for the Dolphins. So. I would hope so. That's uh, If I was in a part of the Dolphins, I would I would take it that way. Yeah. But I don't know. Sometimes when you just 
wait for something for so long and then it's over like that you're like ah that sucked yeah boo oh i (laughs) I don't like my team i get get that feeling i do um but eventually some people just get worn out and you know like where i'm at with indy i don't want you just i'm with you i'm with you You gotta go in and win a game all right yep make it exciting so but uh but we got through it that was the afc next week NFC. Uh, very, very excited to divulge and talk about the NFC. Um, that one was a little bit harder to put together, I think. Little, maybe a little bit. We're just such, we're AFC guys. So yeah. I feel so, which is weird because, we, you know, this is open NFL, but I feel so more closely in tune with the AFC than I do the NFC most days. But, um, but that is a wrap on this week's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. On behalf of Brian and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the end.